I wanted to be a virgin when I got married, but when I was 15 years old, I was raped by a boy who was my age. I blamed myself for allowing this to happen, and it spiraled into chaos throughout my life. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, who found answers, and a real God. Now, listener discretion is advised, as some of the contents of this show are meant for a mature audience only. And today, we're going to be talking about the reality of girls being raped and how damaging of a role it can play in a teenage girl's life. Now, Most rape victims do not say anything or do anything about it because of something called self-blame, where they blame themselves for the rape occurrence. This behavior often tends to slow down the process of healing, and it's very counterproductive to healing. And today in our show, we will have Kendra Valeschini, who will tell us how rape shaped her entire relationship lifestyle from 15 until adulthood. Kendra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Kendra, I am so glad to have you with us today, you know, that you're sharing your story of overcoming this trauma from a rape situation that happened when you were only 15 years old. Like, I can't even believe it, you know, what that would be like. And, you know, I I appreciate you, Kendra, for sharing this. I know it's a very, gosh, very sensitive subject, you know, and I know that your story is going to help so many people. What would you say to someone right now, you know, who's been a victim of a rape assault, if they were looking for some hope? Oh man, I would tell them that it's not their fault, first of all. It's okay to be scared, afraid. It's okay to have all those feelings that you go through when you've been just violated in that way. And if they're looking for hope, there's only one place to find hope. Wow. With God. That's awesome. Well, I understand. Before all this happened, you grew up in a very good family and you had these hopes and desires to be a virgin when you got married. Tell us about your upbringing. Yes, I grew up with a great family. My parents were so great, are so great and supportive. I grew up kind of in a rural community. I had dogs and horses. I spent most of my time with animals. So I was kind of naive to the ways of the world, if you will. Hmm. I was brought up in a Catholic church, so I knew a little bit about God, but I never had a relationship with Him. But yes, I did want to remain a virgin. It wasn't something I was willing to just do. (laughs) Wow. And then one night, I understand you snuck out with some friends and an event happened. Did you kind of predict that that would happen? What happened that night that would change your life forever? Oh my gosh, no. Like, I didn't even understand much of what sex really was, to be honest. Yeah. So I never would have foreseen that happening. And because I grew up really shy and I spent a lot of time just with my animals, I always kind of wanted to fit in. Mm. So sneaking out with my friends was just this way, like, oh, great. Like, I'm going to go hang out with people, like people my age, and this will be fun. I never would have foreseen it. Becoming such a life-changing event. Okay, so you sneak out with some friends and you're thinking it's like I'm being accepted, but something very bad happened that night. Tell us about it. 
Yes. So I was with a guy friend of mine and we arrived at his friend's house and there was a, like a camping trailer in their backyard and it was three boys, maybe four. And I didn't know any of them except for the one guy. And three of them decided we're going to go down the road and just go to the gas station and get some food or something. So I was left alone with this one guy in the trailer and we started, you know, making out kind of a thing. And we were on like this little bed area and he started taking my clothes off. And I said, no, wait, wait, I don't want to do this. And he said, no, like we're doing this. And he started taking my clothes off and my gosh. Yeah. And I started crying and I was just kind of thinking what in the world is going on? So then he started having sex with me and I said, no, I don't want to do this. And I tried to like push him off. Oh my gosh. He held me down by my neck. Like he held me down on the bed. And I was crying at that point, kind of hysterically. And he's like, stop, you're ruining this for me. And that was the moment when I said, okay, I said, I'll do whatever it takes to just get this over with and just get done. You basically just laid there at that point. You stopped fighting and you just were like, oh my gosh, that is seriously traumatizing. You know, obviously the moment when you realized you were in trouble was when he started taking off your clothes. And you know, it's crazy because you told him to stop. And now for him... This was a normal kind of thing, especially when he put his hands on your neck, because afterwards, what did they do? Yeah. So after it happened, the other guys had come back and we were sitting in the trailer and they, there's a little TV and they turned on porn and it was that violent porn. Yeah. Like BDSM kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. It was that. And I'm, oh my gosh, I'd never seen it porn before in my life or anything even like that. But I was so in that Ish. moment where I just said, just do whatever they say, Kendra, just do whatever they say so you can get home because I had no idea where I was. I snuck out. Mm. How am I going to get home? Like just basically from that point forward, it's like, just do whatever they say oh my gosh. to get home. <laughs> How did you feel right afterwards? I mean, after you were filled with fear and you were just being compliant at this point, was there a moment where you begin to blame yourself? Yeah, like there was this weird confusion. I just felt numb. And then oh, I started thinking, well, we were making out, so maybe it was my fault because I was leading him on kind of a thing. And oh. then it started becoming this mindset of, well, if I start making out with a guy or something, then I'm responsible. So I need to go through with it because if not, then like I'm leading them on kind of a thing. Like right. from that point forward, just no was not an option. Oh my gosh. If I had put myself in that position, it's kind of where my mind went. That's when I started blaming myself. Like, Kendra, you put yourself in this position. So now you're responsible for going through with it. Wow. And that is such a lie. You know what I mean? For anyone who's you know hearing this, and I'm sure that there's someone who can really relate to this because this is very common where the rape victim will not say anything or do anything because they feel like it's you know their fault. Now, I understand you did something kind of different than what a lot of people do is you try to tell your parents, yeah. but you didn't want the young man to get into trouble you know, because you felt like it was your fault. Why do you think you felt this way? Because I think many girls do when they go through something like this. So why do you think you felt this way where you didn't want to get into trouble, but you told your parents? What were your thoughts during that time? Yeah. So I remember I love my parents so much. And, you know, like no one foresees this happening to their daughter. Like they don't know how to handle it. Right. So I just want to say that before I say anything about my parents. But I told my dad and I remember I was like, dad, like I was kind of asking him about sex. And I was like, is it normal for like a guy to do this? And he was just in shock. And he's like, absolutely not. He's like, did this happen to you? And I said, yes. And he's like, 
do you want to see counselor? And I said, no, like the last thing I want to do is tell a complete stranger at that point. And then he said, I'm calling the cops. And I said, no, dad, please don't. And I think the reason I said that is because I was afraid they wouldn't believe me, Mm. first of all. And then I was afraid I would get in trouble. And it just became this whole other thing of like, no, I don't want... Because I wasn't sure if it had really even happened. Like if it was, I don't know. I was just in this weird state of confusion. Yes. And that is exactly how it works, I think, for a lot of people is that, you know, something as traumatic as that, your brain can't, as a 15-year-old, can't really wrap around that. You know, it's like, did this even really happen? Yeah. And, you know, I understand that it was just like a shock, you know, to everyone. But I also understand you had friends and even the perpetrator try to convince you that it was your fault. Yes. And I think that's where this huge confusion came from because I started believing them. Well, maybe it was my fault because like I was making out with them at first or something, or they would harass me. I remember this was back in the days of flip phones. (laughs) I had a flip cell phone and they would call me, my friends and say, you're such a whore. You're such a slut. I can't believe you did this. Because I had dated a boy right before that and I wouldn't have sex with him. So he broke up with me. And it was one of his friends who had actually driven me to this place. And so they would call me and harass me and I would flip my phone off and shut it off and they would call again and again. And I remember this one specific moment where they would call me and I just had to leave my phone open on the counter and walk away. I couldn't even hang up because they would just keep calling back and even emails. It was just bizarre. And they just kept pounding it in me that I was responsible, that it wasn't really rape. (laughs) Wow. So, you know what? Let's stop there because I want to have you on our next show to talk about how this traumatic event shaped your whole entire dating life right into adulthood. So, Kendra, thank you. You are such an amazing person to share the truth about your past. So, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Hang on. I want to talk more about not blaming yourself for traumatic things that happen to you right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it is very sad how things like this happen, and it's more common than you think. Young girls who get cornered and raped and lose their virginity due to the will of another. To me, this is interesting that Kendra's family found out about it, and they didn't retaliate because of her stopping them. And I think they left it because I believe this is a common way people view rapes nowadays. People often say, well, maybe it was a girl's fault. Think about this. Is rape ever the girl's fault or the victim's fault? Like she egged it on, she deserves it. I know that there's a lot of young people who think that. They think if a woman is kissing a guy and alone with a guy, 
then it's pretty much her fault for being alone with that guy. Or if she liked the guy and she didn't want to end up having sex, well, you know, too bad. People can say that it doesn't count as rape, but let me tell you the truth. Any and all unwanted sexual advances goes into the category of sexual assault. And when there's an unwanted penetration, that is considered rape. So according to our law, rape is rape if there is sex and it's unwanted by the victim. It is written, but if a man finds a betrothed young woman in the countryside and the man forces her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. But you shall do nothing to the young woman. There is in the young woman no sin deserving of death. But just as when a man rises against his neighbor and kills him, even so is this matter. This verse is describing the penalties of raping someone who really belongs to another. The penalty to the one who did it was the death penalty. Imagine that. That's like murder. Quite often, I think perpetrators get away with things in our culture and think that everything is fine and there will never be consequences. But in truth, there are heavy spiritual consequences for this thing. And God is not for rape. So Father, I'm praying for the person who has gone through some type of rape trauma. We receive you, Lord Jesus, to help us to understand, Lord Jesus, to truly have a renewed mind about this thing in Jesus' money name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.